In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Adam Copeland, a bit of a needle mover. Is he a difference maker? Let's talk about Adam Copeland in AEW since he started. That was a little bit of a pause as I started there. So I suddenly thought, oh, I haven't got a joke. No, Um, and I was waiting. Yeah, and I thought I had one earlier and I forgot what it was. You were on the edge of it. It's not my job to do those jokes. That's your job to make the bad jokes. So when I make the joke, it just feels sad. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Wrestle Podcast review of AEW Collision. Please do press the subscribe button. Give us a little thumbs up as well. If you're watching this on demand, leave a comment down below. And if you're watching live, join the live chat, join the conversation and get your thoughts, statements read out on the air by heading to wrestle.com forward slash support because we're going to read out every single one of them above the five US dollar amount. We're also sponsored oh, today. Come on. I will be going. In fact, could you go and grab it for me over there? It's that lovely yellow box. That's whoa, just in whoa. that little Kallax unit over there. Because today, we are sponsored by Geology. Now, you may have seen that uh, Dan and I are very handsome chaps. That's because Dan is just naturally handsome. Uh, I, on the other hand, need extra help. And that's where Geology comes in, because it is a men's skincare routine that is designed specifically for you fine folks. We've got a great offer at the moment. We get 70% off your trial set. Click on the link in the video description down below. Take the 30-second survey and get your skincare regime. We'll go into that in a little mm. bit later. Uh, but first, let's talk about Adam Copeland, who is kind of like the, the opener and closer of this yeah. episode of dynamite he opened the show to cut a promo at least i assume that's what he did unfortunately i was watching this on the fight feed so um yeah it was a uh, glitchy yeah yeah for the first 10 minutes of the fight feed mm. uh there was just uh, it was glitchy it was cutting in it was cutting out mm-hmm. uh, from what i can gather um christian cage came out have you have you i saw the full thing so have you I've only I've actually still only seen the the fight version right. of this. I sort it out because I think I think a lot of people had technical issues have been a problem for AEW the past couple of weeks. I don't I know think, what's but, going on but, with the channels. So or... yeah, I and people were like, oh, it's an AEW problem. 
a lot of them it's TBS problems. Right. So it's TBS are having mm. issues that AEW unfortunately suffered from. And this was a fight issue that AEW suffered from. So yeah. AEW AEW has technical issues out the wazoo yeah. when it comes to like video mixing, when it comes to audio. Mm. But this is one of the few occasions where it's just not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one isn't on them. Yeah. It's 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 interesting that like I mean, there's, it's I don't know how the, the actual technology of satellite and broadcast and like the, we're live, pal. It's the whole these things can go wrong, but it's not. Um, I, I will say that yeah, you didn't miss much. Like the 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 opening segment was a weird one. It was a weird one. Basically, yeah, we had uh, we opened instantly with Edge. Uh, sorry, with Adam Copeland coming. To, still weird. I know it shouldn't be, but it is weird. Uh, Adam Copeland coming down to the ring, and then uh, very quickly Christian interrupts. So you get that amazing moment. You get Adam Copeland's WWE theme and Christian Cage's TNA, TNA theme, theme on AEW, which is great. Um, and then yeah, the, the Cage comes down with a security detail, which is a brilliant visual. Sorry for those of you who missed it, but he's like surrounded by. Uh, security and it's it's kind of like a really cool they, they they form an actual barricade he sits on the ropes he sits on the ropes he calls himself the best wrestler yeah. on earth yeah which then brings out uh, the American Dragon Brian Danielson who is actually the best wrestler on earth who says who's not named Will Ospreay yeah and he's like you know well, we're gonna have a TNT title match tonight and that's all very nice and then out comes Ricky Starks and Big Bill and that's when the feed sort of Found itself, yeah. and the feed started working. So I, I've missed about sort of ten minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, you missed a lot of show. entrances, which is odd as well. But like, it's because my first few notes that I made were that it was Tony Schiavone doing yes. the lead play-by-play on this show. Uh, Kevin Kelly was just sort of there to be a bit of backup for, mm. for Tony Schiavone, and then Kevin Kelly wasn't there for the main event yeah. either, which um, doesn't sound great for for Kevin Kelly because you know the the Collision team was kelly and mcginnis mm. kelly went off to do his new japan and he's finishing up like he's now done all of his new japan dates that he mm. had still had left over so he's now like full-time on collision ian riccobani filled in uh, for a little bit and did great in the role as well riccobani was there last week as well yeah but now like because i think that was uh, kevin kelly's yeah. last batch that he was doing with new japan so it's now tony shivani's almost felt like he was like replacing him and i was like hmm I'll see what happens next week on that, but I think that's, I feel like that's something to just keep an eye on. I did spot it and think it was odd. Hmm. I did. I thought it was odd. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Tony Schiavone is great, so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not one to complain. And so is Kevin Kelly. Also, Nigel McGuinness had an amazing line on this show, which I'll get to later on. Um, but one of the big talking points of this opening segment here was, and this um, this happens a lot with with uh, uh, I'm going to use the ex WWE uh, guys a moniker that some people uh, put onto folk where they're not scripted anymore so they're like oh i can just hold the microphone and just say things mm. and we can just barter back and forth and you know and, and do things and other but it's also you know even in an unscripted environment which aew is you still need to have a little bit of structure structure and what happens is that ricky starks sort of says I'm not focused on you right now, uh, Adam Copeland, and we were talking to, to Brian Danielson. But Copeland was sort of talking over him so he could get in his little jibes about how, like, oh, it's your silk shirts that are uh, or something or other. Uh, you're just a uh, a vanilla midget version of The Rock. Also, you already said it smoother than he managed to. Yeah, I was going to say, he stumbled over his words as he said yeah. it as well. And it was like, Starks was trying to sort of get his point across, get his point across, and then Starks was like, oh, you really sent me over the edge with that comment. 
and then sort of the segment got itself back on track but i've seen people being very down on yeah. this like alvarez and Meltzer were really really like down on this segment and down on copeland and stuff and you said in the office you found it quite cringe yeah and I, I, I just sort of found it just to be a, a bit awkward but it's these it's the uh it's it's sort of navigating the murky waters of unscripted where you are going from a world where you are like you say these words and you say them to the letter and you wait for your moment to mm. say those words to just being like just go out there here are your bullet points and go and hit them that you can sort of find yourself into a bit more freedom and then you find yourself tripping over things yeah i mean it's 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 there i feel i feel like there's something between your completely script every single word which makes things feel honestly quite dry and repetitive versus completely unscripted you're out there with a live mic and anything could happen the you do need that element of structure i think the problem for me with here what was happening was that it was very much like people were stumbling over each other and interrupting each other and not allowing each other to say their lines and get because they, they everyone wanted to have the last word and when you're all trying to have the last word it just makes it feel like it's not a sparring contest. The, the satisfaction when you're an audience member is to hear the joke land and, and feel the moment. So I think what it, what kicked it off was that Stark said something about uh, Copeland being bug-eyed. Uh, and there was like a whoa moment in the crowd. And then Copeland had to get his line in about you're just a secondary. It was your satin shirt and you're just this. You, oh, it was, a, it was a you wearing satin shirts. Then Stark's pushback being like, well, you didn't get style from the other place. He kind of have to have somewhere. Again, good line. Also, he's the heel. He should be saying the bad things. So then Copeland comes back with a, you're just, you stole it off the rock. And also you're a vanilla midget and he's stumbling over the words the whole time. And it's this thing of like, first of all, talking about someone copying the rock or Austin or, or anyone big time is lazy and cliche to me. It, it's lazy and cliche when Kevin Nash does it on a podcast about LA Knight, and it's lazy and cliche when when Copeland does it here live. And when The Miz did it. Yeah, it, it's... When, when did he do that recently? Well, Miz was doing that in his feud with LA Knight was like, just a you're a big knockoff version of the Attitude Era and would list off all the people that he was trying to be in the Attitude Era. The, see, the thing, the thing, yes, I, the thing about that is you get a pushback. Like, there's a, there's the scripted element of when does the, when does the pushback happen, and it was the, the character not... We we all saw the character of the Miz and the insecurities in LA Knight had had a comeback in this moment because of the lack of structure. What's different is we've got the good guy saying to the bad guy, "You're a knockoff version of the Rock," stepping over his lines, stepping over his lines, and then the guy's not able to come back and and have a a real other. Than, you sent me over the edge, which was just a bit weird. Mm. I do find this constant referencing to who you you're like one. Oh, oh no! Someone aped one of the biggest stars in the history of the business because they were inspired by that, and it worked. And we were like, it doesn't really matter. Like, Ricky Starks has an awful lot on of his own that is is good. LA Knight has an, an awful lot of his own that is good, and sort of points to these others. Um, so it just felt, it just felt a bit weird. It all was a bit weird. I think there's an element of just being able to like. <sighs> find that structure it was the same thing that frustrated me with eddie kingston the other week Do you remember we talked about that promo and you told and, you, and you were wrong yes yeah no. we're, 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 we'll remember it dan we all remember how you said that you hate Stop. eddie kingston and he's you a bad and your, <laughs> look i know tony's over in the corner with his big <laughs> wad of cash but uh no it, it's this thing of of not um you've got to be able to find the rhythm you've got to be able to find the rhythm of your back and forth you've got to be able to to get your intensity in get your lines in but allow the other person to have that moment as well so that you're both of equal uh standing rather than just 
oh, I'm going to go in and I've got more to say and I've got more to say. It's like when you watch it on Drag Race and they're, and they're doing reads on each other and, and someone says something and it's, it doesn't land and it's just cringe and makes you feel uncomfortable. That's what I got from this rather than a feeling of like, oh, I want to see these two go at each other, which I got in the end of the show. Yes. With, with a great moment at the end of the show with Nick Wayne. Um, but yeah, just in that moment, it was a bit weird. I didn't like it. I didn't love it either. And for me, it's less the... The stepping over each other, I think, just leads to sort of just a bit of awkwardness on, on TV because it just doesn't feel very polished. Yes, that's it. Um, but I don't think that's also the worst thing in the world. I'll you know use the Eddie Kingston example. I loved that Eddie Kingston mm. segment because it didn't have polish. Right. And that's what I love about Eddie Kingston is a lot of his segments don't have that polish that a lot of other people who overly produce their segments do have there's definitely a middle ground there is a middle ground um but i love the eddie kingston stuff and i didn't love it here the thing i didn't love about this was him saying you're a vanilla midget version of the rock a let's not you know use the term vanilla midget a because i think that is a term that should have you know died in 1998 when kevin ash mm. was using it about eddie guerrero it's also and kind Malenko. of a, it's, it's kind of an offensive word like to well, to absolutely it, it well it, it is but also that term is an in a, an industry-wide term doesn't not make it not even, offensive even, because it's in the I know, industry. but even the little people within them would use that term right. because that's what they are in the world of wrestling. So it is it is a term that's not you know widely used outside of the four walls. But wrestling is a weird, weird place. <laughs> we'll get onto that in a little bit. There's an ultra chat that we've already had come mm. through, which is going to bring up the weirdness of professional wrestling. Anyway, um, but it's the, it's calling him the Rock and being like, oh, you're just a knockoff version of the Rock. The reason why that sort of rubbed me the wrong way is like, well, you're like the fifth person that said that. Now. Right. And like, if you're the fifth person who said that, then it just means you seem unoriginal. Yeah. And that was my thing with, with Copeland in this segment. Wasn't that he was talking over or trying to steal Ricky's spotlight. is that he was trying to steal Ricky's spotlight, in inverted commas, with material that other people have already done. Yeah. And so like, it doesn't land because, yeah, you're like the eighth person now that has said, you're a bit like the rock aren't you that's the cliche element of it yeah yeah so, like, and that's that's why it didn't work for me but as i said like i i i think it's i forgive someone if they, they've spent the last 20 plus years in a place that is so rigidly you are going to say these lines and stick to these lines because actually in like edges like improv stuff you go to his like 2006 heel run when you're doing some of his improv stuff it was really cringe then as well like, well i mean this that's a really interesting point because people were, were talking about how cringe what was his, his his big words that he liked to use in his judgment day promo oh yeah the the, the mountain of omnipotence yeah. and all that sort of stuff yeah <laughs> i remember it though yeah yeah but like that i mean it's i don't have as much like you know sympathy because we there's all that talk of people being like well if you just let us not have a script then we you know we'd be absolute fire it's a lot harder than you think it is right and so you with your 20 plus 25 years in the business plus more should be able and you're an actor you've, you've done acting classes you've yeah. had a, you've had a successful acting career um you should be able to just go with it in this moment and recognize when also the other thing is that makes it really difficult is ricky starks is really good yeah ricky starks is great so what if he's kind of a little bit of the if you see shades of the rock in there hit that hit when he's got his belt on and the light behind him a big bill and the silhouette i was like yeah now we're talking i love ricky starks so it kind of was a bit exposing. It was a bit, it didn't like it. It reminded me a bit of The Rock. When The Rock came back in 2011, right? Mm. 
he sort of had this because the rock was a guy who would just like you know give me some bullet points and i'll go out there and i'll mm -hmm. cut a promo and he was amazing at it you, any promo he cuts in the year 2000 mm -hmm. like any paper the rock is on he's just cutting the best promos of the whole show it's good austin wasn't there but like he was cutting <laughs> the best promos of the whole show and he was just incredibly charismatic mm -hmm. right just using the rock as an example here because we've you know mentioning of ricky sucks he comes back in 2011 and it's the same thing it's like just give me the bullet points but it's almost like every promo he went out for is like oh, i'll just wing it and then got there and was like, oh, actually, I don't really know. I actually, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm out of my game here. I don't know. You're like the opening to that WrestleMania that he hosts. It's like 20 minutes and he's got nothing. At one point, he has to go get some water because you can feel like he's just like the, the pressure's got to him. And a lot of those promo segments that The Rock did were not very good. Compared to John Cena, who was wonderfully scripted, just went out there and just eviscerated The Rock on several different occasions because The Rock was almost floundering a little bit. Mm. So I... I, th I feel like this is, I, I'm not going to say like this is oh, bad, bad Adam Copeland in this segment. I think it's more like misjudged. Yes, I, I that's, and it, that's what it and is. And it, it's the excitement of a little bit of freedom. Yeah, you can, when you get overexcited, you jump the gun a little bit. The adrenaline's flowing. You, you, you think of, you can get a cheap pop. And you think the pair of you are going to go back and forth at yeah. each other. Like, no, I, think, I don't think anyone's looking at this segment being like, oh, there might be a real legitimate beef between these no. two because they start to get personal. It's just, it... It, it didn't work it fell flat and it yeah. was it was because it resorted to sort of lazy cliches um and with ftr came out and cut promo saying like look we were banged up last week and we were advised not to defend the titles but we're fighting champions so we did it anyway and you were the better team that night but that not mean you are the best tag team on the planet mm. we are and we're going to work our way back up the rankings and work out get some wins back so we can face you for those tag titles again and then everyone gets into a big old brawl and all the good guys beat up the security team which i loved brian like uh, nigel mcginnis being like oh how dare they lay their hands what reckless human beings they are mm. laying their hands on the security team with danielson tapping out one of the security he's got a he's got a family he's like a family. again with the family line tapping him out with the label lockers christian and all of the heels sort of go up the ramp and stuff yeah it'll be a very fun 10 man tag on yeah. an episode of collision down the line did you feel in it at all and i haven't worked out my feelings about this yet but like ftr apparently fine like they're, they're sort of suggesting we're a bit banged up which then calls into question again last week's very so, weird squash for lack of a better phrase so the report that came out was that they were hurt and that's mm. why cash didn't take any offense in it and then it turns out that they're not they're except, actually, except like, for the big table bump he took yeah like he's like nursing some bruised ribs but he's absolutely fine and he's not they're not going to miss any time mm. Meltzer was the one who came out and be like no it's a storyline the story was that starks and big bill squashed them to build to a rematch put them over strong and build to a rematch down the line i, I think that is a shame for 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 that tag reign and what they've done on collision and for what they've built with well, i'm now repeating myself from last week but if that's if it is purely storyline couldn't they have gone half an hour and had a great match but yeah but you were, the idea was you put them over in a strong surprising five minute squash to build anticipation of the rematch whether that works or not it's a different matter but that was just that was the intent of it as opposed to just doing mm. a uh you know a half hour tag match didn't work didn't work for you. It worked for me because I—I mean, a genuine. I like seeing them with the belt. Genuinely took me by surprise. Like you want to talk about sort of like you know sitting and being like, oh wow, I didn't expect that. If you'd have done that after half an hour, I'd be like, wow, okay, that's a, that's an incredible decision. But like doing it after five minutes was a genuine shocker mm. of a of a decision to make. It took me by surprise, but it didn't take me by surprise and make me go cool. It made me go oh. Oh. And led to so much discourse of just like, you know, what is this? Is this, mm. is this, out the other? So I think actually I do, doing it this way got people talking more than, than mm. ever. We'll also come onto this idea of just people talking about things online, maybe a bit later on. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, on to the, the, the subject at hand. Um, we've kind of gone a little bit long on this already and sort of like our thoughts on, on, on Adam Copeland in, in AEW. Mm. But the idea of... I, we had this discussion in the office like a week and a half ago now. So like, it's, I'm, I'm now glad that we get to talk about this on air. But I was really surprised when people were surprised that Adam Copeland being advertised on shows didn't shift tickets mm. and didn't... Like in it shift tickets in a massive way and didn't boost the ratings. Because I was like, well, he's never been a draw. He's never been a ticket mover. All right, he's, Triple H. He's never been a ratings mover. He's just a really great wrestler that people like, mm. but he's never been like Punk coming in, you're like, that's a genuine needle mover. Like that is a guy that will move merchandise. That is a guy that will move ratings. That's a guy that will move pay-per-view buys and move tickets. Like Copeland's never been that guy. Look at like you know the the twelve returns that he did across his WWE run when he came back. Mm. None of them pop ratings. Mm. None of them moved the needle because that's not what Copeland has has ever done. So I I was surprised that people were surprised. Mm. Is, is the point I was getting at? Because I didn't think he was going to be this this difference maker. The thing that has surprised me is the really good YouTube numbers. Yeah, which is a good metric. An incredible... Yeah, it, and it, it's a good metric and it's not a good metric yeah. because it also means nothing because, like, you know, there are some clips that... You know, they, they, they don't translate into money, really. And, no. it, and it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't generate into ad revenue for the company, really, because YouTube ad revenue is terrible. It doesn't generate... And it doesn't then, like, move into ticket sales or anything like that. So it's not, like, a metric that could be turned into something else. No, but for, uh, for a, a sort of, like, reading the tea leaves and analysis, like us, when we're looking when we're looking to glean information, when you're trying to be Sherlock about what's going on and, and, and stuff like that, it's a good way of seeing what people are and aren't clicking on. That's exactly it, yeah. yeah. Like, you can use it to be, like, a... A bit of a litmus test, I suppose, yeah. is what is over and what isn't over. So that's what I mean is it's both good and it's bad. It's it's bad because it sort of means nothing, but it's good because I was like, huh, that is interesting because it could mean X, Y, and Z. Mm. And you can sort of like look at things. You know, it's the 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 final moment of this uh, episode is the second highest rated uh, segment from the the YouTube numbers with about sort of seven hundred thousand. Mm. But edges start here. Edges. Adam Copeland start here. It's one point two mil. Mm. His debut is like five point two million. His first match is like over four million. Mm -hmm. It's every time you put Adam Copeland on a thumbnail and his name in the title, it does over a million views on YouTube. So that to me is incredibly interesting. However, You've got a very good theory on this, and it's a theory that I think holds a lot of water. So when you look at the idea, because I, when I saw this was going to be our topic, I instantly started doing research and trying to figure out, you know, what I can bring to the table to talk about it in actual analytical terms. So I could talk about the ratings in a minute, and I'd like to. But the first thing I did was look, because in the thumbnail for this stream, we have a, a reference to the 1.2 million or however many it was that saw... Uh, the YouTube clip of, of this opening promo. And my first thought was, I wonder if it's people watching it because they couldn't watch it on telly because uh, of the glitches. That's um, such a small number. That is a small number. That's why then I was like, so let me, that was my theory. And then what you do with a theory is you look for facts to back up your theory <laughs> rather than looking at twisting the, the, or rather you bend your theory to suit the facts rather than the facts to suit the theory. So I then saw every edge uh, thing is over 1 million. All of them are over 1 With million. With the exception of one, I think, but it's 997,000. Right. So they're all thereabouts. And then you compare it to the other things on that channel, you're looking at uh, anywhere between 70,000 and 300,000. Brian Danielson uh, and Christian Cage on this show, 
three hundred thousand or something views. No, that was up to like it was the end of the match. I think maybe something like, like seven hundred thousand. Right. So, the, the, but like it's it's a noticeable difference. Is my point. I'd like to just check because I'm interested. Although I'll do that when you're talking. But um, the, my theory of the case, and this comes from ten years of being on YouTube and, and a very recent experience, is every single one of them starts with rated R, and I made a video a few weeks months back about the sex in the city movie and in the title of the movie the title of the video it says the sex in the city movie is good actually or something i was borrowing your uh your thing um and when it it had a boost and it did really well in terms of uh numbers and and, and people searching for it and whatever and so i start i went into my analytics and i was looking into it and it turned out that the reason it had done particularly well is because people had been searching for sex movie which sounds like a, a not serious thing but it it is genuinely and and it also hilariously i can go even further on the analytics and find you the exact part of the world that they're looking for sex movie on youtube from and that's really really funny but that's for after dark so um my theory of the case and we see this in in other places we've talked about search terms and view terms and where things come from and um if you put something like wrestlemania 30 xxx raw is xxx those are going to get higher search points because they've got the words xxx in there yeah here we have something rated r now i don't know for a fact that that is what this is i cannot provide any guarantee but i just found it interesting that it says rated r and i have anecdotal evidence that suggests people searching for weird things on youtube drives views yeah um, and there's a reason why they're putting rated r in the because it's his name it's because well it's not because it's his name it's because that's the recognizable part of his yes, name it's like when, when he comes down to the ring they are very clear it's the rated r superstar the rated r superstar mm. the rated r superstar they they hammer that home because mm. that is the term the, the nickname that people associate with edge so it, yeah. it doesn't sound weird then when you say adam copeland yes yeah. Because um, you're hearing the music, you're seeing the face, you hear rated R, and yeah, it makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. So that's why it is that. So I think that's a very interesting theory. Mm. Um, I'd be so curious because, like, it's yeah, we won't know unless we dive completely. If we yeah, then let us have the analytics. If, if, yeah, if like, <laughs> Tony, you know, AW's PR department just let me just go into the back yeah. end for a little bit, just have a little. It could around. just not be anything to it do with could, that. Be, exactly, it could just be he is over to a certain online demographic mm. a lot of youtube views for wwe in particular come from india right and so right. it could just be there is a huge swathe of indian viewers that are looking for adam copeland videos because mm. they were fans of edge in wwe and they want to see what he is doing in aew could be that might not be that either mm. but i think it's an int- it is interesting that he is easily the most drawable person that they have for youtube because when i do look at do a deep dive into the ratings and i have done a deep dive into the ratings it has made precisely zero difference like quantifiably there is no change with adam copeland being in this roster if you look at collisions ratings uh first one is eight hundred thousand viewers uh then it immediately goes down to 595 and it stays at about 580 to 600 and something um right up until punk leaves in fact that august is 400s punk leaves and it goes right down to 300 300,000 mm-hmm. and it, so the average of it i would say is probably about 500,000 viewers per collision yeah it's it's worse if there's a big game night yes. because they don't do well against fastlane and it goes even worse if it's going up against like it did terribly when it went up against no mercy it yeah did really bad up against SummerSlam, and then so here on the 7th of um, 7th of september was fastlane first the first edge one the first adam copeland appearance on collision was 353,000 that's with the title change as well then if you go over to dynamite 
it's kind of no different. They have a big pot for Grand Slam, which gets to 984,000 um, viewers. But on average, you're looking at about 870,000 pounds. 870,000 viewers per episode which is what they've been doing for more or less the the, the year yeah that, that they are consistent it's AEW is the you know what it was always the WWE no no person is bigger than WWE that was the edict that they did after they lost the Rock and, and Austin yeah. that's kind of the where AEW is I think the branding is what draws people in far more than the people yeah the only bad one is um from this past Tuesday, and that's because it was on a Tuesday. It was, <laughs> like, it was, it was on their regular viewer. Not it's not their regular night, and they were going up against John Cena, the Undertaker, yeah. Becky Lynch. I like, honestly, I'm uh, no, no, Becky Lynch should say that she wasn't. He wasn't advertised for the show. Asuka, Asuka, Asuka. was on the show. Um, I, I kind of the, the interesting thing about that whole shenanigans and and the tweet storm that followed was that I actually don't think really it was them as much as it was just there on a different night. No, when you look but, at the consistency uh, yes. of viewership here, I think it's, there's two things because I've I've looked at the quarter hour breakdowns for it as well, mm. and you can see where there's a drop off because a big star comes onto the other. Ah, show. that's interesting. I haven't so gone that. You, you that can granular. see because I, I I did it for the the, the Thursday news through uh, to WrestleNomics excellent Patreon page. Mm. So yeah, there is it did actually impact them right. in, in a heavy way. It did, but also the re- they were never going to do. Some say they're never going to because the last time they moved to a Tuesday and went head to head with NXT, they still won, mm. but. That was when AEW was a bit hotter of a product than NXT was ice cold of a product. Right. It's now the other way around. NXT's the hot product and, and a hottish product at, at the very least. It's hot because of, you know, Becky Lynch. And the, it's got an excitement to it. It's got it. an excitement to it. If, if, if Becky Lynch is in a match, it will do over a million views. If Dominic Mysterio is in a match, it does over a million views. So mm. it's like its main roster stars integrating has is, is made NXT a, a hottish product. But yeah. the main roster stars, WWE, they're a hot product right now. So that's tri- that trickle down economics as, <laughs> as, you know, some prime ministers would have to Which don't work. It d- um, does not work, but some prime ministers will tell you it does work. Um, <laughs> it does work in terms of WWE ratings. Uh, so anyway, so that, we'll, we'll get, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit because that's, there's another ultra chat about that topic. Yeah, um, no, it's just it just is interesting to look at the uh, the ratings and look at and, and recognize it does not make a single bit of difference. And even actually, I think it's kind of unfair to look at Collision and say that um, CM Punk's absence makes a huge difference i mean it does like you can i'm seeing 580 579 600,000 but then through august it's four and maybe that's because it's the summer 417 476 and that and then in september he's already gone 476 467,000 like it's mm. not the least consistent i mean september 23rd 562,000 i think that might have been the texas death match um, yes i think it was so like if you're booking decent stuff people will watch your show it's almost I think unfair on on collision and unfair on AEW to say that Punk was the draw and now nobody cares. I think it is a consistency with the AEW name that brings people in. Yeah. Um, were the Rock to show up on AEW, I don't know whether or not that would make a difference. You know. Uh, well, yeah, I think it would cause just because he's in on in our. But it made a difference to SmackDown. Like he they, he, he came in on SmackDown. True. That that show got a bump mm. in the ratings. Roman Reigns shows up on SmackDown. That show gets a bump in the ratings. Mm. That show does like a a steady viewership of like 1.8, 1.9. But the second that The Rock is on there, that jumps over two million. Roman Reigns on the show jumps over two million mm. because those are proven needle movers. Mm. In the same way that uh, an AEW show without Punk will do eight hundred thousand. You put Punk on the show, it does nine hundred thousand. Right. Or if you put like you know, as MJF in a title match, it goes up to nine hundred thousand because mm. there are I mean, there's not like it's not a huge jump, but it is a noticeable jump if you didn't have those things on the show. Those mm. are the metrics that you can look at. Mm. But for me, like with Copeland, you know, like you know, is he a difference maker? It's a bigger question of like I think that he is 
been it's been very good on the shows this this one segment oh, yeah standing and you know i i made the joke on the wrestle dream uh podcast review and it is very much come true it, nick wayne's job now is just take spears for from adam copeland on every show mm. i really enjoyed his match with luchasaurus mm. i've i loved the segment with with christian cage yeah. with the with the, the go f yourself thing and i'm really enjoying the, this adam copeland christian feud and I'm really looking forward to like the next few chapters of it. Yeah, I think it's it's. I've, I'm a fan of his. You know, I, I've always I've always been a fan. I've always said that he was he was needle mover or not. He's an mm. incredibly talented star. Is, yeah. um, this segment was just really weird. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, let's get into what you think about this episode. Uh, and we're going to be kicking things off with a big old chat here from Matt Hennessy, who says, In relation to Edge not calling him Adam Copeland, he will always be Edge to me. I don't think it's a case of him not being a draw or not. I just think it's a case of AEW being a cold product and struggling to sell shows. AEW has a loyal, hardcore fan base, but they don't have the casual fan base. I think in order for AEW to get hot again and start selling out shows, they need to appeal to both fan bases. 
Tony can't just assume that fans watch uh, everything. Not everyone watches Ring of Honor or BTE, and often stories will be set up for those shows and randomly not put on AEW without explanation. And someone who doesn't watch those shows, it leaves me feeling confused. When Adam Page and the Dark Order split up, the st- uh, when Adam Page and the Dark Order split up and the Dark Order turned heel, the story was told on BTE and not on TV. I don't like tribalism, but the way Tony acts on social media does not help AEW, especially after losing to NXT. He had a meltdown. I want the best for AEW and WWE, and we got the news over the weekend that Ari Emanuel, who is Vince McMahon's boss and the chief executive, blah, 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 uh, had been removed from creative and gave all the creative duties and responsibilities to Triple H. That's a big win for wrestling fans. But Sean Rossap and Justin Barrasso broke the news over the weekend, weekend, which is great news. But getting back to AEW, they need to focus on telling stories on AEW TV. AEW is at its best when they focus on themselves i don't watch AEW for ring of honor or bte so please don't make what happens on the shows canon to aew because as someone who doesn't watch those shows it does mean when storylines from those shows are put on tv at least to confusion for AEW to get hot again they need to find a balance and appeal for both hardcore and casual fans so a few like sort of try and break that down into into various different bits mm. the ring of honor bte thing I, that's and we've been preaching on this show for i uh, for you know since the show's inception so you can literally look at numbers and see like small portion of your audience watches bte they're not watching the weekly product yeah so you can't really tell stories over there and then expect people to know them over here and that's the same with like marvel and disney plus shows like if, yeah. if you if you have so many shows on disney plus i'm sorry i'm not going to watch them all i've i've got a lot on <laughs> yeah yeah cody rhodes made this uh, point as well because you know they came under fire for um uh nyla rose versus hikara shida for a, a double or nothing a few years back during the pandemic when mm. he was like i i i sometimes forget that not everyone watches dark and dark elevation which is yeah. where we've been telling the story yeah and it's like yeah of course no one's like no one watches those shows but you can look at the numbers and, and, and see that yes. sort of thing the what's funny with with matt's thing is just like um Oh, what was the thing that was just like that, that I thought was was really interesting? Um, is that AEW is, is never really appealed to the casual audience. Mm. It's just at the moment it is not a hot product. That is not anything to do, I don't think, with casual audiences. So I think they've ever really had that casual audience. I think if you ever look at a makeup of an AEW crowd, it is 80% the hardcore wrestling fan. And where that hardcore wrestling fan has gone, I don't know ask 2001 like you know where where they went sometimes people just stop watching the product it is the indie scene that aew sort of like ebbed off of is not as hot as it was in 2018 when you know the bullet club was like the hottest thing going and new japan was massive and ring of honor was massive so there are just ebbs and flows you look at the the makeup of uh those aew shows and the way that people are taking photos of that hard cam side mm. and it's like wow that is what raw and smackdown looked like four years ago mm. we used to cover it on the the rest talk news and on this podcast it's just like they would struggle to sell out four thousand tickets for raw and smackdown with like the huge names that they had on those shows and then aew comes along and all of a sudden they're doing like nine thousand tickets for each one of their shows it's like wow like this is a, a company that is hot and people are buying into it mm. but now the roles are reversed now AEW is struggling to sell out 4,000 seats uh, in a market where the cost of living crisis is, is also an American-wide thing, but also their ticket prices are way more expensive than they were in 2019. Mm. And, a, and WWE, on the other hand, are easily selling out 10,000 seats every single week. They're selling out 10,000 seats for house shows. I think 12,000 are currently sold for uh, Survivor Series, and they could easily do 16 if they made a smaller set. Honestly, yeah. I, I think Ibu of the WrestlePurist pointed this out, which is like, you remove that goofy LED set, and you can get another 10,000 like 1,000 people. That's what, they, that's what they did with the, with the Backlash and with Money in the Bank. Absolutely, yeah. And with SummerSlam, to a and degree. You, and they could do it as well, because if they so, if they put out more seats, they would sell those seats. Yeah. If AEW put out more seats, they would not sell those seats. So mm. it is... I. I get the argument of the casual fan. 
it's not one I overly buy into. It's, I don't think it is the be-all, end-all of success. Right. I think a product can get hot again without the casual fan, if you get my, my No, I, could, I because completely like, agree. Because WWE were ice cold in 2019, appealing to the casual fan. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because also the other thing about casual fan is the idea of transients. It's, the, it's like they might be here one week and then they've gone two, three weeks. You want to be building your audience to the point where a casual fan is a regular fan. Mm. Like you can't just rely on the idea of sucking in those casual fans. Um, I also think very simply the the well not very simply actually very complicatedly there's this whole business with them selling their tickets for a certain price and then when it gets close to the show selling them for a cheaper price, which kind of is a weird uh, a weird business practice. It's, I don't I don't understand. It's way it's a good way to burn out the area that you're in as well because yes. you are going to just breed mistrust. Yeah, you're telling them that, that oh wait hang on I paid ninety dollars for these seats and these seats are now worth twenty dollars and someone who bought them today gets them for 20 so what's yeah. my incentive to buy the ticket straight away and then you can't say oh we sold out in 10 seconds like they do with the yeah. Royal Rumble I will say in fairness that is also a resting trope because that happens you can show up to shows like hell w no I got them for free yeah W used to do this all the time like, yeah. if you show up to the door you can just go in for you can go for free yeah like, or you can get like buy one get one free tickets things like that I tried hovering outside the uh, the O2 and they yeah. didn't let me in so uh, yeah it is a case of just we like can't. yeah I mean well also it, it is you know they're a hot product at the most so you can't like yeah you, you can't get away with that sort of thing but if you're a nice cold product you might find that i bought these tickets for 50 and now they're only worth 10 mm. and i do i do think there is something in the the sort of loyal fan base um burnout like you just you can't go every week it's, it's a nice idea but when it when they are expensive tickets and just going out like that is expensive anyway maybe some people have to reapportion their funds and consider what mm -hmm. they do and do want to spend and and it, and then, and you don't even have to think about that. You think about there's the cost of the ticket, there's the cost of the travel, there's the cost of the maybe accommodation or food, or food you know, all that stuff. There's a, there's a lot to go in there as well. It's expensive night out. Yeah, so it's not. Um, so when your product is a bit chilly, there's a lot, a lot to consider. Um, I remember the point I was going to make as well about Matt's thing here, yes. which is the idea of like you need to appeal to the the casual audience, and then brings up Tony's uh, actions on social media, and I was like, well, the casual audience isn't seeing that anyway, so I don't think that has much of an effect on it. The only people that it's going towards is the uh, the hardcores. Yeah. Um, the funny thing I, I think about that is that I, you had your uh, piece about. Oh, this. I ain't got better. But Let it's me tell like, you. well, it's it's you know, it's it's second place marketing one hundred and one, which is like if you are number if you are number two. You say that number one is bad. If you're number one, you ignore number two. Yeah. The Pepsi challenge. Like a lot of Burger King's advertisement was McDonald's is bad. Right. Come eat Burger King instead. Pepsi's were like, Coca-Cola is bad. Drink Pepsi instead. And they want to change the recipe and I won't forgive them. And you look at uh, WWF in the 90s when it was first against WCW, never mentioned them. The mm. second that they were second place behind WCW changed the way that they marketed their product. And every week it was trying to bury... They, uh, during 1997, Jim Cornette was on TV talking about how bad of a product WCW is oh. and, why, and why you should not be watching it. The second that they went back into first place, never mentioned them again. 98, and JR's saying after after certain... Uh, I think it was after the the... The feed cut, and then I think it was uh, Paige and Goldberg or Paige yeah, and Hogan, yeah. one of those. Halloween Havoc, yeah. yeah. Um, he's saying that won't happen with us. Like they're talking about that. It's, yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's classic second place marketing. It's mm. just that it's now in a different place because social media is not that, you know, social media has kind of changed the landscape of how we market products. So, I, I found what he did to be like, well, it totally makes sense of what you do because you're the whole point is you're supposed to make the other product look bad because that in a way makes your product look good. I don't buy into this focus on your own thing because if you're trying to promote yourselves, you want to try and do a bit of trash talking and stuff, which is wrestling 101. And, and second on that, 
the thing that I've, 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 I haven't I brought this up at all before, but I find it hilarious. This idea that, well, Vince would never do this. Well, Triple H would never do this. And I'd be with the Russell Prius, which is like, I've had people within WWE tell me that Triple H has burner accounts. Because Triple H, <laughs> tri- Triple H is the biggest thing. I want to, like, yeah, I mean, love to swear there, Dan. You sorry, know, sorry, 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 sorry. 41 minutes into the show. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, <laughs> it's, it, as a man who keeps saying, like, oh, I don't look online. Oh, I don't see what the online chatter is. Bullshit. Mate. Uh, I swear they're like 41 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, he was on TV on SmackDown being like, oh, I, I thought that we piped in the booze for Dominic Mysterio. I was like, oh, you're not online, are you, Triple H? You don't listen online. But yeah, apparently, he just has burner accounts. Hmm. Like, he just, like, he gets across and gets to do his, you know, his form of second place marketing, but doesn't do it through his uh, official account. Because he's a smart man. Greatest trick the devil ever pulled was Triple H for convincing well, people that he's that he is a, a wrestling a wrestling fan's dream. Stick this in your Danza Fed shill and smoke it. That's cringe as well, Trip. Like I just <laughs> you you're all so rich. Stop acting like posters they're on not, Twitter. They're, they're not like it's not just they're rich. They're businessmen promoting their product. Dan, <sighs> do you know what? We're better than going in raw. I'll, I'll i'll say it. you hear that Stephen larson like you know actually no i shouldn't do no because they're great who can i say shouldn't really pick on them let's start a war with people why not <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and i'm gonna start a war with Stephen larson yeah. the nicest people i've ever met yeah that's Stephen larson i i show's better than yours but there's a difference between being like oh we're better than them and and what happened over the past week or so which was just like you sold eighty thousand tickets to wembley Dan, that was four months ago. It wasn't. It was six weeks ago. No, it was six weeks Two ago. Two months ago. It was half that amount of time. Okay, Dan, it was six weeks ago. Bask that's in your glory. That's just also... <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, Dan, they tried to bask in that glory, and what happened is that people were trying to tear them down for making up numbers, even oh. though there was actual like statistical evidence that they did sell that many tickets. It's also, I think it's also people on the internet. Like, no offense to all of us who are on the internet, but there's something about just like... If Tony, if Tony Khan is spending more, you, you want to talk about the cold product. You got a cold product. It's because the, the booking is a bit confusing. The booking is inconsistent. The storylines aren't as strong as they could be. Um, you just putting. Yes, I admit every single time you do a you do a main uh, pay per view, that card is fire. But anyone can book a five star card out of nowhere just by with with the names you've got on your books. Look at NXT. Look at it. Look at look, kind of but, yeah. Honestly, Triple H's black and gold NXT was like oh every takeover did was great. It's like. Well, yeah, of course. Look at the card. Look, look at the people he had under contract. Of course, that's it was that's great. It. That's it. I could, I could, I could book you a five star full gear right now. I'm not going to because we're running out of time. But I could, I could. Um, like focus on your on your weekly booking and all that stuff instead of worrying about what some like at WWE Gareth or whoever it is is saying on Twitter. I don't even know. Like that, that is actually one of them. I have a they, they show my for you tab a lot, and I just mm. mute everybody on either side because I can't be sodded with this kind of like either if it's not sucking up to him it's telling him he's awful and he's neither like he's not a hero he's just a guy who has billions of pounds and and you know has so much more to worry about than this well yeah it's like uh, the, tony khan's twitter action do i like it no like would i do it no i get why he does it i don't think it makes it i don't i don't, I don't think it is helping the product in terms of no. ticket sales in terms of getting the name out there sure but in terms of ticket sales i don't think it is it's the tactic that you need to work in fact i think what you need to do is local advertising yeah I think that's actually the bigger thing to focus Big on time. Is, is local advertising um 
But I, I get why he does it. And actually, the reactions that you just see to it are either people being like, this is cringe, or people being like, this is awesome. Problem is, the people who say this is cringe are the people who didn't like him to begin with. And the people who say this is awesome are the people that liked him to begin with. Yeah. So really, it's it's sort of moving no... It, much like Adam Copeland, it's moving no needles. It's just put it down, mate. It's just put, put your phone down for five minutes and go... You've probably got a pool. Go and sit by it. <laughs> Have a mimosa. Um, right, well, anyway, we are going to get into the rest of your uh, Ultra Chats by the end of the show. But before you do, also come join us for Crown Jewel. January, oh. uh, on November 4th at Long Arm Pub and Brewery we're going to be doing a watch party for WWE Crown Jewel raising money for charity and come watch the show with us we're doing a live edition of No Holds Board as well tickets for that are in the uh, link in the video description down below and will be posted by our moderators but if you are in the mood to click links geology now I'm a man with with I, I'm not very good with skincare regimes I'm, I'm just not mm. uh, well Actually, I, um, I can use past tense now. Because we've been sponsored by Geology now for, for a number of years, this has changed my game. Yeah, There was a period of time when I was just really bad for it. I didn't know what to do. I'm not sure what to buy. You go into a shop and it's all just a little bit overwhelming. And I don't know what I'm supposed to buy and I don't know what I'm supposed to use. So therefore, my skin doesn't look all that great. Geology, you take a quiz, it asks you what you want to get out of this, and then it creates a thing for you. This is mine. Mm. So what it does is it sends you nighttime creams it sends you daytime Ooh, creams repairing. it tells you everything and then gives you a little card here that tells you here is exactly what you need to do how much to use where to put it and what to do once it's there and it is really really great for it and the the moment that i started using this i had people comment on me being like your skin's looking really good at the moment and i was like i know it's because of geology there's <laughs> uh it, it, i just it's been a really really bit of a game changer for me in terms of the way that i look after the my skin. cream is important that's because i i, I you're a dad a, i had a dad oh you know i had a dad well i'd still have one <laughs> i um you know, I've got a kid now. I'm a dad, so I, I do get sort of bags under my eyes. So this is a way for me to try and minimize that as much as possible. So take the quiz, and if you use our promo code Wrestle Seventy, or scan this QR code here. That's so very modern. Click the link, scan the QR code, use the promo code Wrestle Seventy. You'll get seventy percent off your trial set. And I'm just I, making it higher. Uh, oh yeah, we probably should try and make it. I jump on this. Do that. I highly recommend it. Really, really do. It's not just because they're they're a sponsor for it. This is at one of those times when you get a, a product sponsoring. You're like, I'd recommend it to everyone. You know who needs some uh, skincare routine? Tony Khan, and that's nothing to do with his skin. Because for me, my little skincare routine is the way I wind down of an evening. Put my screens away. Just give myself a little wash. Whack my skincare on and go to bed, and I feel much better for having that little wind down time. I think he'd feel better too. So, geology.com, uh, click the link in the video description down below and use our promo code WRESTLE70 or scan this QR code that's just above my head here. Probably easier. Probably easier. I now know how to scan QR codes. <laughs> you did you remember that? I that was a... Oh, I do remember. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's get into the show itself. Uh, they, after the opening segment, we got a video package of MJF meeting up with Stand Up Against Jewish Hate and mm -hmm. the video work that he was doing there, which was the reason why they did the segment on Dynamites, rightly or wrongly, in, other, in some people's eyes. They did it to set up this promo segment here. And they did tone down the, the anti-Semitism aspect of it when we get to Juice Robinson's promo later. But I thought this was like... It was one of those videos, a promo videos, where you're like, yeah, you're at a baby face now. 
Oh, yeah. You are just a baby. He's representing the company doing charity. That's it. Yeah. There was a period of time when people were like, oh, I'm not, still not buying that he's a baby face. It's all just a heel like pretending he's a baby face. And I was like, you know, you watch this like, no, no, he is a baby he's face. He's still got his little moments in there where he called him a mark. He's like a mark from JF kind of thing, yeah. which is that like, that's kind of the rock arrogance, like not to beat that theme of the show. But uh, yeah, babyface. Samoa Joe beat Willie Mack to retain the ROH TV Championship. Fun match, but nothing special. Yeah, a decent little contest with precisely zero stakes is what I did do. There was a little moment where they were doing the stand there and we're strong and you hit me and I'll hit you spot, which kind of gets on my nerves because it's so overdone. But then uh, Joe's like, right, it's my turn now. And he runs to the ropes, comes back and Mack just hits him with a big boot, which I was like, very nice. Liked I like that a lot. I like Willie Mack a lot. Love yeah. Samoa Joe. This is more about sort of build a lot of the stuff you we see when you get to like short matches like we are building to X. Yes. You know, this is Samojo. We are building him because he's going to be doing another world title program at some point. Well, so. they mentioned as well the um, the length of his reign for the first time in a while. So yeah, he's you like know, 20 odd days away from being Jay Lethal's record. You know, that'll come into it, I'm sure. Lexi interviewed CJ Perry, who uh, talked about how people are always stealing her spotlight. And, but now it's time for her to get her spotlight back because what she does is make champions mm. and make stars. And Action Andretti walked up and said, I think I could use your services. And by the way, my name is Action Andretti. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it like that, but that's exactly what happened. It did. And if you don't know, my name is Action Andretti. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be Chris Jericho. No one remembers that about me, though. Oh, I think everyone remembers that. <laughs> I'm joking. That's the only thing they remember. He's very good. I uh, got a massive pop because we had a video promo for the return of Danhausen. Now, I got a, a massive kick out of this. A, love Danhausen. He's very nice and he is very evil. But one of the things I love the most about Danhausen is Danhausen likes a lot of the same stuff that I do. Mm. So Danhausen's return promos are parodies of Halloween 3. Right, okay. And that's what this was. This is the TV commercial from Halloween 3. I did not get it at all because I haven't seen Halloween 3. Yeah. That makes so much more sense now. It's the Silver Shamrock yeah, commercial. Right. Okay. And when me and my friends did our Halloween marathon way, way, way back when, this is like the last Halloween movie at that point was the remake of Halloween 2. We mm. watched every Halloween movie in order back to back. This was the, the one that we kept singing throughout the rest of the thing. She's been like, six more days till Halloween, Halloween, and all that stuff. Halloween 3 is great. It's underrated. Um, Juice Robinson beat Christopher Daniels in a simple match designed to put over Robinson. You've gone way ahead of me. Oh no, I just haven't written it down. Yeah. Oh no, I have written it down. My apologies. Uh, this was basically here to build up the fact he's going to be in the Battle Royal mm. uh, this coming Wednesday for the Diamond Ring. So he beat Christopher Daniels. Love seeing Daniels on TV. Oh, so I, I wrote this one's for Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Love seeing Christopher Daniels. He's genuinely one of my all-time favorite yeah. wrestlers. And uh, after the match... Jay White almost proposes to uh, uh, Juice Robinson to give him his own version of the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Juice knocks out Daniels with it and then reveals that he got it from TK Maxx for twenty four ninety nine. It's not even a real diamond ring because I don't <laughs> need this. I've got a strong left hand, the left hand of God. And he's going to win the, uh, the Battle Royal and win the ring and then pawn it off <laughs> like an absolute dick. <laughs> uh, and then Jay White cut his promise as well about being an elite champion. I, th I thought actually as a total overall the segment is nothing but pluses for me. Okay. Christopher Daniels on TV. Yeah, there you go. Juice Robinson wrestled. Another plus. Juice Robinson's got a win. Yet another plus. Juice Robinson's excellent promo afterwards. More pluses. Jay White cut a promo. Ten pluses. This is all pluses for me. I don't think this is... Dan's, Dan hates fun. I don't think there was anything <laughs> wrong with the segment. I just I found it interesting that for me, it felt like it went on for ages. Like the, the match was kind of longer than it needed to be. 
sorry, no offense to you and Christopher Daniels. The uh, promos were all both quite long, and then there was a beatdown as well. And when we, I'm really interested, and we're talking about where do you find minutes for other things in the show. Here's an example of you could have got. I think you could have achieved everything you did in this segment shorter, and then had more time for a second women's match or. Uh, to to tighten up other promos or to give people more time on TV to bring to give Keith Lee's match a bit more length, even though the, what you're achieving with that Keith Lee match, I understand. But like, you know, I, I I thought it was for me, it was just like this 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 could have been could have ended with a punch, or you could have done the promos. Like, it could have been either. Mm. Um, not that's just that's a timing criticism more than anything. Yeah, it was just to give him a win. So before his match on Wednesday, mm. I, I I I don't mind it. It's kind of a bit of an old school mentality yes. of like giving people wins on TV because oh, that's to, not to the build them up and, and hype them up before it. I was surprised it went through a commercial break though. To, yeah. to your point, uh, Lexi interviewed Nick Wayne backstage <laughs> with the reveal that this Wednesday on Dynamite he is having a sit down interview with good old Jr. Jim Ross and Nick Wayne's mum. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the graphic? I have seen the graphic for this. <laughs> She's just like, it's the moment of my own face. Why, Nick? Why? Yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Also, because I guarantee you, Christian is going to be a part of this segment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, love, love this. Yeah. And I'm so, so excited for this segment on Dynamite because I think it's going to be very... It's Nick Wayne having an interview with his mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah. Love it. Also, speaking of good things, uh, Kyle Fletcher getting some singles action. Yeah. Beating R- Boulder. Who likes rimming? More rimming on the show. <laughs> Boulder. This is the serious show. I am... Um, here are my notes. Matt Fletcher covered a lot of ground on that dive. Boulder does a lot of ass-based taunts. <laughs> Fletcher taps him out with the dragon sleeper. Yeah. Um, is this the serious show? Well, this was the thing, is what I said last week with Pete. It's because we had an Iron Savages match last week, and there was an awful lot of rimming, an awful lot of rimming references, and every single time Daddy Ass would fall over, it'd be like, oh, I'm going I'm to rim him. And I'm like, I we all, the discourse we've had for a long time is that Collision was like, well, this is where we get our wrestling. We like our serious wrestling here. We like the wrestling. And AEW is a place where people who like wrestling go and watch things. And I'm like, here's a here's a bunch of guys whose gimmick is they like rimming. Like, let's just I don't I don't care. I don't mind. But let's be honest about what we're watching. I like serious wrestling. Here is some rimming. And it, it was it's that it's match last week was not characters, Dan. I'm not complaining <laughs> about them. You, don't you be putting words in my mouth. Not this Kingston bollocks again. No, 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 no. I like this. I also like the scissoring. I just think when we're talking about this is a show, because you've said it in the past, and I heard it when I was at All In, the AEW is a place where people who like proper wrestling go instead of all that stuff. I'm like, no, I like all of it. I like all of the camp silliness. This guy's gimmick is rimming, and the sooner we come to accept it, the better. Dan, you can have camp silliness in real wrestling. That's what I've been saying! Yeah. Well, I don't think anyone disagrees with you, Dan. Mm. You've invented an argument in your head here. Mm. Check the comments. <laughs> Tony Khan shouldn't. Um, um, but anyway, Carl Fletcher got a singles win here and later on cut a promo saying that he wants to have a match with Kenny Omega on Dynamite, which I am all in for. I'm, I'm glad I, I said this on the Rest Dream podcast that I was, I'm always worried when someone's tag partner yeah. goes out. And I was particularly concerned for Kyle because I was like, he's an incredible talent. And I often forget he's 24 years old. Yeah, like, he's, he's a kid. A, he's a kid. And he's got so much potential ahead of mm. him. So 
I didn't want him to just be like a nothing while. Yeah. And I was gutted that he didn't become part of the Don Callis family and they put Powerhouse Hobbs in there instead. Nothing is Powerhouse Hobbs, but I'm like, oh, Carl Fletcher, what an upgrade from Sammy Guevara. Like, he's, he's Sammy Guevara, but with charisma, an actual, mm. like, you know, a likable person. So I was really excited for him. And I was really, I was really worried that he wasn't going to get anything. So getting some wins on TV, great match with Danielson last week. Yeah. He's going to have a match with Kenny Omega oh, on it's TV be this week. It's going to be amazing. Also means I get to have Kenny Omega on TV. And that feels like a, a rarity in 2023. Mm. So thumbs up. I'm, yeah. I'm re- I really liked this. You've taken every, every word that I was going to say. So we're in complete agreement on this. It's just nice to see him go on a nice little run. Uh, Renee interviewed the acclaimed and the acclaimed tried to give Max Caster hints and tips on how to flirt better with MJF. It was like, you know, sometimes just say the first things that, that come into your head. So Renee comes back in and she asked him a question and he says, hey, Renee, how about them oral sessions? And Renee says, you're an idiot. Why was off. that's Renee's show? Why was she? Why was she like offended by that? I was. I'm on Max's side here. I'm on Caster's side. He. I don't think there was anything wrong with what you said, Max. Good for you. He's also done it in a rap before as well. He did it before he faced John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know what to call these lads. I've just called them the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. They're not that anymore because that group disbanded, but they're all still together. Mm. So I just wrote in my notes here the JAS walk up and want to shot the tag titles. Yeah. This is great because Daddy Magic is just like, Do you want them titles? We're going to take them titles. And I like that. Daddy Magic versus Daddy Ass. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously. The main event was incredible. Yep. Not taking anything away from that. Yep. Main event was exceptional. Mm-hmm. It's Christian Cage, it's Brian Danielson. It's always going to be exceptional. They had an incredible 25 minute match. Mm-hmm. Loved, 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 loved it. This might have been my favorite match of the night. Oh. Sky Blue versus Chris Statlander for the TBS Championship. Mm. This match ruled. Yeah, it was great. This match was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like they're doing some uh, decent character work here with Sky Blue after being misted, and she's got some more like gothy style makeup, kind of similar to what Julia Hart went through before her transformation. But dang, man, Statlander's great. Statlander's real, real good. And Statlander made Sky Blue look fantastic in here. And like they don't need a lot of help because Sky Blue, young and like still fairly green, like starting to get you know to grips with these things, was superb in this match mm-hmm. i thought this match was awesome mm. really really great i'm a big fan of satlander uh always have been uh i i also love the character stuff they're giving sky blue here like the it's so it's basically she's been misted and she, it, it's it's growing not unlike when malachi black debuted and he was still selling the eye injury he'd gotten in wwe and was and now that then took over sort of his mm. whole face i i like that kind of thing it's kind of it's hokey but I'm into it. It's um, wrestling. And it's giving her a bit of character. It's giving her something to sink her teeth into. And then, yeah, you, you just put two people together and they have a really good match. And they, I, I thought it was great. I thought they showed off um, the strengths of each other. She continues to get better and better. Yeah, I loved it. I think this episode needed it as well mm. because what we had up until this point was just lots of fine yeah a lot of wrestling, decent, yeah which is like oh it's great that carl fletcher got a singles win but it's not like oh go out of your way to see this yes it is great that jukes robinson got a win ahead of his match on dynamite and cut a very good promo but you don't need to go out of your way to see this um same with the samoa joe willie mac match mm. 
This is a match you should go out of your way to see. Yeah. Because I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. Really, really liked this. Statlander, like almost, th there was a couple of like great, great near falls off of this. And Statlander sort of like escaped with a win, more or less, because mm. uh, Sky was being so vicious. And a very interesting post match as well, which is that Statlander wanted to help Sky Blue up and shake her hand to be like, good match, kid. Like, you know, you, you gave me your all out there. But Willow Nightingale who's also been misted mm. in the past, said like, oh no, I've got this. And it was like, it's almost like, don't go back to the light because you and I are sort of falling towards the dark here. Mm. I thought it was an interesting little post-match. I really, really liked. It was intriguing. I mean, I, I am a little bit tired of seeing Willow run to the ring after every single Salander match. Like that's basically the way that she's been since winning the Owen. Um, I know there was like injury involved as well in places, but... Oh, whatever but um that that element of, again of the story part of it that i really like i'm really intrigued by that like, or, or even because it could be either either it could be like don't hold a hand because like when you've been missed it's it's not nice and and there's clearly something going on or as you say it could be the like hang on i'm gonna stop her from mm -hmm. being redeemed or whatever like i i think that part's really interesting i really really liked everything about this i thought sky blue was superb i thought chris statlander was awesome mm. And there was like, I did see some you know, discourse over the weekend, which is like, yeah, we need to have that conversation about Chris Statlander being among the best that AEW has. Yeah, she's brilliant. But not even just the best that AEW has. Like, you know, when you compare her across the board of women's wrestling as mm. a whole, she is in the conversation of the best that there is going yeah. right now. She is just great. Mm. The match she had with Julia Hart at Wrestle Dream was superb. This was great here. Mm. Really, I'd, I'd love to see her get more TV time. I'd well, this is it. Get, like more TV matches. So in this case, it was nine minutes of the match, three of which were picture in picture. Um, slim down that juice segment, and you've got an extra couple of minutes to play with, just to give them a little bit more time. Mm. You know, to tell a story more than just a run in at the end. Like you know, yeah. Um, we had a promo, obviously, the Carl Fletcher promo we mentioned earlier. We had a promo for LIF, a faction name that I just cannot say. Inga Nobles. In, yep, yep, Inga Nobles. Less faction, D Inga Nobles, something or other. Yep. Um, this is great cool. work by Rouge. It's cool. really, really cool. And then Keith Lee squashed Turbo Floyd with Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty watching backstage. Boy, Lee won quickly. Who is Turbo Floyd? He is part of, I can't remember what their tag name is now. The chat will be able to update me on this. Because I just but wrote. They're, like an, they're an 80s throwback I was gonna com say, comedy tag team. Because this is Keith Lee versus a character from a wrestling cartoon in 1993. I didn't know who it was. Yeah, they're, a, they're an 80s throwback comedy right. tag team. Well, they're doing That's, it very effectively. Which is why he's like grown his yeah. hair out, despite the fact that he hasn't got you know any hair up top. Yeah. And he's got the, the thick handlebar mustache and stuff. Mm. It's a very cool look. Um, Keith, at least he had something to do. Yeah, and Nick, I like Keith Lee. Big fan of Keith Lee. Yeah. Getting wins on TV. I'm excited for his feud with Shane Taylor. Yeah. Um, shame about that swerve feud, eh? Uh, Miro cut a promo about CJ. And I really liked Outrunners. Thank you very much. And it's also, it's LFI, not LIF. Yeah, well, it's because LIW. Oh, that's where I've gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um... I really like this promo for Miro because he had this thing about CJ Perry, which is that she's now surrounding herself with the things that she loves. But if she wins gold, she'll become dangerous. Mm. I was like, oh, that's a lovely little detail mm. of like, yeah, you think she's like, you know, she's manipulative now as like a manager. Wait till she's got a championship. 
Mm. Like that, she's unstoppable then. Yeah, I, I was well into all of this story and I, I don't have much to say about it other than I found it really compelling. Yeah. Like I, I think that uh I think she's really good and she's she's taken a lot of acting classes and I think she, I think you're sort of seeing the fruits of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Miro is just fantastic in in every sense of this. Loved him grabbing action Andretti in there at the end yeah. as well to be like I, I'm this is because it because it gives you the mind of like, oh, this is just a thing he's made and put on, but actually it's very real, it's very present. I really liked it. Yeah, to essentially say, like, look, if you want to be a manager with, uh, if you want to be managed by CJ Perry, I am going to stop you before you get the chance because mm. she needs to be stopped before she gets the chance. Yes. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and we also got a video promo for Rocky Romero versus Mystico, which is happening on uh, Rampage next week. Uh, which was like the Bake Off history segment, I thought. It gave us a nice little bit of context and, and made it feel interesting. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of importance. I, I wish this was on Dynamite, not on Rampage. I, I said, yeah, shame is happening on Rampage. Yeah, a real shame this is happening on Rampage. And it's, you know, they are starting a relationship now. With, it feels yeah. like this is the end of AEW's relationship with AAA, which I'm sure Conan's happy about because he's been calling Triple H for the last year <laughs> to try and get a working relationship with him instead. Um, so this, I, this is probably a much more fruitful relationship. This will work so much better for New Japan as well, who have a relationship yeah. with CMLL. So it just makes sense. It makes so much sense. And it means that we're getting Mystico. And I'm hoping, here's what I'm hoping. Mystico is going to show everyone why we were excited about Mystico joining WWE all those years ago. Because mm. when Mystico signed with WWE. Oh, it was huge. It was massive. Yeah. Like, I don't know if people can really appreciate this unless you were kind of there at the time. How big of a deal it was that Mystico had signed with WWE. And what a crushing disappointment Sin Cara was. Well, when we talk about like uh, this new age or this new era of WWE or like whatever, it, it go- Mystico is a great touchstone for it because that was one of the first examples of a Triple H it was, signing. It was a heat. It was a Triple H project. Yeah, that and the Shield and the- and Karma. Yes, and, and I Karma, actually yeah. I actually watched a, a, a interview with karma with kong recently where she was talking about how things had sort of gone wrong for her and 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 she was like Mm. feeling quite sad because she was like oh between this and mystico like we're really letting hunter down which was really interesting that that, that they took it on themselves and it was this whole thing of like vince has never really been able to like let go but also something about the whole sinkara thing the weird lighting that not getting it like i don't think the trampoline the trampoline entrance like all of it was just so not it. it but he also didn't do himself any favors this is this is what i mean yeah this is what i mean like, like there's the presentation also, of it and then there's the, the so so we've been talking about a new era so again for the people who weren't there this was our first example of a new era like and it never came yeah, and it never and it never happened yeah. because mystico arrived there the the reports were that he just wasn't interested in learning english mm-hmm. which was like okay yeah i didn't really care and he like, you know, dislocated his pinky finger in a match and asked for the match to be called off mm-hmm. and stuff. And like that led to its own individual stuff. He got taken out of various matches because he was like, I'm done now for the for the day. I don't really fancy wrestling anymore. And eventually, you know, they just replaced him. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's a new Sin Cara. Was it Hunico? It was Hunico. Yeah. yeah, Hunico essentially replaced him being like, you're not Sin Cara anymore. Yeah. Bye. Come yeah. back to Mexico with you. And and Hunico took over. And so, yeah, like it was, I'm, I'm hoping that the Mystico and Rocky Romero can show like oh yeah this is why people were really excited about mystico signing all those years ago mm. just pray for his pinky finger i just wish it was on dynamite or collision yes i agree with that wholeheartedly uh, and then we got our main event of brian danielson versus christian cage this is where jr came out to replace kevin kelly and man this match was great yeah i mean a it's amazing we're getting to see this match anyway because you know 
there was a period of time where neither of these lads thought they were wrestling anymore. And now here they are, the main event of Collision, having... Uh, yeah, okay. I loved Statlander and, and Sky Blue. This is the best match of the night. Yeah. Might not be my favorite match of the night, but it was the, the best match of the night. Mm. And it was just so... Like a gen, at a genuine moment, it was like, God, it's awesome we get to see this. Yeah. And then Adam Copeland comes out late, and you're like, it's awesome we're getting to see him wrestle as well. And you're yeah. like, Soraya was on the show on, on, on Wednesday, or Tuesday even. So this match was just so great i but the danielson comeback was magic mm. like the crowd literally helping him up and he got both sides to help him up as well so he can beat the 10 count and get back into the ring because this crowd wanted to see danielson get in there and win this because he connects with the crowd in a way that not many people can and when he went for the knee plus and christian hit the spear straight into the unprettier for yeah. an amazing near fall yeah. it was like a so great then Danielson responds immediately with a, a knee plus for a great near fall. And he locks in the label lock. And Christian, and long legs of Christian, manages to get to the ropes. So Danielson drags him into the center to lock in the label lock. But because Christian's been working over his arm the whole match, he can't use his arm properly, can't lock it in. Big Bill runs down to cause distraction with the referee. Ricky Starks, almost like a one fluid motion, yeah. jumped into the ring, hit him with a belt, and rolled out the ring yeah. on the other side. And Christian stole the win. What? A, it was a super finish to a superb match. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I loved uh, Danielson do it. I, I, right at the start, I saw that we had half an hour left of the show. And I was like, okay, so this is getting some time. This is going to be fun. And I thought, I feel like I could have delayed this for a pay-per-view. He used it for like a, you know, a, a big feud for his last year. But with mm. Christian on the run of his life, Danielson on the way out. Um, maybe they will, I wrote down. And then kind of what we got was a really interesting non-finish kind of thing. Um Danielson doing the surfboard and then fish hooking cage in the middle of it was like because you expect because he's the good guy like that's still a really that's a Blackpool yeah. Combat Club move that's the shades of grey that I really like to play with um, the the continued use of his forearms to tell his broken forearms to tell a story is really nice like it, it makes you believe it he's mm -hmm. so good at that and then I thought what was great especially about the finish because even though we did get a naughty finish is that between Christian kicking out of the knee and then holding on through an elongated although not fully cinched in label lock it's, he's proving he's not just the champ by circumstance and shenanigans. You know, he has been not the champ, but claiming the champ, which we've all enjoyed. And now he's the champion through taking advantage. Mm -hmm. um, and he's always been trying to hold hold back and he's got his, his heavies involved. He came out with a legion of security at the beginning of the show. But what he got there was he can hang with Daniel Bryan's, uh, Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson. <laughs> um, he can hang with it. He's, he's actually damn good. Oh, but yeah. also he's still a heel, so he's going to, take advantage of, of yeah. offers of help from the tag champs and offers of help from luchasaurus because he's smart you know I've, I've said it once i've said it a thousand times christian cage greater than sign adam copeland he's the better well, of now the we two can man directly compare he's the, their old age he's the better of the two and he always has been mm. uh nick wayne and luchasaurus were banned from ringside so they came down afterwards and everyone got to a big brawl ftr came down adam copeland ran down and everyone sort of brawled and knocked everyone out, and it left Nick Wayne alone in the ring. Poor old Nick Wayne with FTR, Danielson, and Adam Copeland in the four corners. Mm. He got woke, like almost woke up, was like, oh, oh no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Bang, huge spear uh, by Copeland and rolls out of the ring, and the good guys stand tall. And this was the bit from the beginning of the show where I was like, oh, that's that's why I'm excited to see you in that ring. That's exactly it. Right? Yeah. Like you have those moments where you, you know, you, he sort of stumbles over a little mm. bit with the Ricky Starks, and you're like, eh, well, maybe I don't, maybe this Adam Copeland thing isn't. 
Yeah, you almost cried out to me. And then he hears that spin, and you're like, oh no, he's awesome. Like, yeah. of course he's awesome. What am I thinking? What a foolish thing for me. What a foolish thought to have I have had. Like, he was great in this final segment here. I loved, loved, loved the match. Mm. And <laughs> there was a moment during the commercial break when Danielson was because he's still not using that right hand. Yes. He's doing everything with that left hand because the right hand's got the metal rod in it from the Okada match. Love that he's carrying that through all of his matches. And they're talking about the fact that he's only using one arm at the moment. And, Ke- and Nigel McGuinness said, look, Brian Danielson is married with two kids. I'm sure he's used to using the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel! <sighs> <laughs> Uh, pop me I thought Nigel was wonderful dear me um, but overall like a, a totally fine es- uh, episode of, of Collision yeah. like, definitely go out your way to watch that main event and, and the, the Sky Blue Chris Atlander match but the rest of it was just building blocks for mm. Dynamite yeah. which I don't think is a bad thing Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like a, a 3 out of 5 show yeah it was fine it was absolutely fine yeah. I, I can't not nothing to complain about but also nothing to write home about yeah you know the stuff that worked really really worked the stuff that didn't was like fine yeah Right, let's get into your... There is a, a poll up now, so you can let us know what you thought of the show if you're watching live um, as we promote WrestleTalk.com forward slash Patreon. Hello. Nope, Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. <laughs> you should get that one to... to so, both of I, um, last night, uh, my wife and I had bangers and mash. Oh, Because it's winter now. Which well, is all, not a euphemism. It, it's, all, it's, it's autumnal now, so we, we had some bangers and mash. Yeah. And I made loads of gravy. Yeah. And it was delightful. And we, and we had a little glass and we had a little bottle of wine. Ooh. A little uh, Sainsbury's house white Ooh. suave. Lovely. Yeah, had that. Uh, and then I had a couple of G&Ts as well. And we thought, you know what, let's, let's finally get into watching series three of Succession. Because mm. we haven't seen season three mm. onwards. So we're like, well, let's finally watch that. Watched episode one and it got to about sort of quarter, to, uh, about half past 11. We really enjoyed it. More I flipped and was like, oh. Should have another one and watch another episode? And I was like, yeah, I've only got to be up at six to watch Collision. And I've also got to get the kid up and take her to nursery. I'll do that, shall I? I'll watch an hour-long TV show and have another two G&Ts. So that was a mistake, Dan. I'm just so tired today. And Uh, I don't think I enjoyed that second episode of uh, Succession as much because I was just sitting there thinking, why aren't I in bed? Of season three? Yeah. Because that is a great episode. It's a great episode. I'm there being like, I should be in bed. I should be in bed. I should be enjoying my pillows. I should be just like lying on... I should should be in that (laughs) position, but I'm not. So that's why stumbling over words like that's fine moron because i'm there too i'm there after two weeks of it i saw someone in the comments last week was like dan seems tired this week it's because dan was tired that week <laughs> let me <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> what are we doing what's wrong with us head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk on this coming wednesday it is wrestle talk after dark myself tempest dave bradshaw of fantasy booking warfare fame and ben our new, oh, pro- our new production manager, Ben, joined us on the show. Yeah. He was excellent quality. You learned a lot about Ben. And we had a fun time, had some drinks, answered some fun questions. If you like Final Fantasy VII chat, there's a lot of that mm. because me and Dave get into it. Uh, there was some good sport chat that I didn't get to join in with. 
great great episode check that out that's coming out this wednesday and the following wednesday will be wrestle talk extra which mm-hmm. is myself and oliver davis reviewing a classic pay-per-view for about three to four hours and the pay-per-view for this month the pay-per-view du jour that won the poll halloween havoc 1997 Whoa, which i'm going to be watching on the way home today mm. but if you're one of our 25 dollar and above patreon pledge hammers you get your name read out on this show like these fine folks daylight robbery rob james yo adrian rocky the farm general roman dietrich Ross, Pooper Scooper Cooper. He smells like beef and cheese, San Santa. The man with the scoops, Sean. The movie Luke has never seen, Selena. <laughs> Not seen Selena. Uh, Wheeling and dealing, Stephen Everett. The Pharaoh, Stephen Massafero. The Soul Survivor, 1993. The Incredible Tarzo. And Keep Rolling, the Rick Pesh. So, yeah, um, Denise once said, like, have you never seen Selena? And I was like, I'd never even, like, Taylor. Yeah, well, it's because I made the point. I was like, oh, yeah, she made her name in movies to Anaconda. Oh, mama. She's like, no, she made her name in movies by being in Selena. I was like, Denise, I think it's probably Anaconda. So no, I just no, like, no. started like driving that home because <laughs> I knew I was wrong. So I was just like, no, it's Anaconda. And I think everyone would agree that it's Anaconda. Between me and Denise, when the Taylor and J-Lo law, it's, it's strong. <laughs> so, yes, I've never seen the movie. Let's get into the remainder of your ultra chats. And we're going to kick things off here with Nathan saying, imagine Christian's group interferes. Copeland helps Brian win. Then weeks of dissension with Christian group leading to a split. Then a boiling hot feud with Copeland. Brian then has a run of singles matches with the TNT title to make it credible. Whoa, to make it credible again. I think Christian is doing a decent job of making it credible again. That title just main evented a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, Nathan continues uh, I fear the TNT title will get in the way of a Copeland Christian feud it'll be hot enough without it if Brian is retiring then having a run of open challenges of good matches will be a way to get the TNT title over and send off Danielson I don't disagree with some of that but I don't think that the TNT title's in any like it was you know three four months ago Mm. like pre-collision that title was dead yeah I agree it was deader than dead but Christian and Luchasaurus have brought that title back. Yeah. And that title now feels like a big title. It feels like a big deal again. That feels that people want to win. That's why it was the main event of a pay-per-view, not just because of Copeland's um, debut, mm. but because Christian and Darby was a hot feud for a hot title. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, so I'd, I disagree with that aspect of your your, your comments. I, I do think that um, there's something in... Because uh, Brian's not going near the world title picture again anytime soon. Um mm. Uh, assuming this is very much genuine, his his sort of final year thing. He he loves to lie, um, but like, I think the idea of him having a run with a belt is quite a nice one, you know. Mm. Uh, and 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 yeah, if you're if you're, I'm trying to think of who it could be, but like your final match is you losing this championship, and and you've been on a winning streak for a really long time, um, and then you retire and you you bequeath the championship to someone new. That's quite a moment, isn't it? So, yeah. Like. I could see the full gear match being Danielson and Claudio against uh, Starks and Big Bill for the tag titles. Mm. Oh, no, it can't be because the Young Bucks have got the uh, the title match. But I think they, I could certainly see them doing it on collision, particularly with Starks interfering at the end of this mm. match and sort of like his promo segment to start the show was still 
you know, keeping that but Danielson plate spinning. Mm. So I could see Danielson being in a tag title match against Starks and Big Bill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Young Bucks have got the four gear match because they won it at Wrestle Dream. Mm. I forgot about that. Uh, Charles here said, so they'll be called rated FTR, right? <laughs> Uh, hey boys how are you doing i'm incredible thanks for asking i'm happy i'm healthy and i have amazing women in my life but it's time to return to my other love watching wrestling and making awful jokes have a nice day well it's lovely to have you back charles you have been missed uh, rated fcr is exactly what it's gonna be yeah uh the derbies of derp says dan and luke in reviews back-to-back days sign me up very excited to see miro finally get something to sink his teeth in. has cj signed with aew because i remember the original report being that she hadn't that's what I remember about so it. So well. my recollection is that it was on a short-term deal, and they had said very, very much that it was short-term. Like mm. they'd, they'd always doubled down on it, and I remember being a little bit uh, annoyed for CJ because I think she's genuinely very talented, and I think yeah. uh, I think as an asset, there was something almost weirdly like, yeah, well, I mean, we're not going to sign her. Like the, about the the reporting of it that felt very odd. Uh, if yeah. they have signed into a, a long a long term, or or that is this is part of the short term deal, this is a very effective use of her. Yeah, I'd imagine it's probably just a pay per appearance yeah. deal at the moment, which is not what, every week. No, which is what uh, Kota Ibushi was right. on uh, originally, and he is now signed uh, fully with with AEW. Mm. It was just an on pay per appearance thing, and because I'd imagine like if you you know you're Tony Khan as a promoter and a booker, you're like, well, I know the first story I'm doing is with Miro, but it's like, well, what do I do after? that if i'm mm. not putting them together because if you then sign to a five-year deal it's like well what do i do for the other four and hey I'm, I'm a massive proponent of that kind of short-term deal especially with the industry being in such a uh, uh positive state that it's in at the moment mm-hmm. with, with international oh, dates yeah. with with indies doing really well um you know lots of places that you can go and play a trade and, and you can do really well within that yeah. so a short-term deal to get some tv exposure and then your story's done and you pop off and then you can come back later on brilliant i love that as well uh Laramesh says, time for some slang translations. This week's lessons, cook. To do exceptionally well, e.g. let him cook, or Chelsea was absolutely cooking against Burnley this week. Slang synonyms include a fried and smoked. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Just, uh, just, to, just to call you up here on this, Chelsea have never cooked. Um, <laughs> certainly not in the past couple of years. Uh, but yeah, that is, that is what, do you know about cooking? I have seen people say it. It's one of those things that... I've opened up Twitter on a day before, so I've just seen, like, everyone is just like, oh, let them cook. That person was cooking right there. It's cringe. It's it's another one where I'm like, I'm sorry. The original meaning means something, and then people use it so much to the point where it's like... (sighs) So, you know. But but I'm, I'm here for Slang Corner that you can learn more. I've got you covered. You know this. You bring me a word, I'll tell you how it is. Like, that main event eight. People seem to like that last week, so maybe we'll start saying that more. I often. loved it. Uh, did you see my uh, my great reel uh, that I did today on the old Instagram? No, I haven't been on the Instagram today. <gasps> oh, mate, check out the new reel that I've done. Wow, what what was it about? Was it about? <laughs> oh, I, did you eat? Uh, did not, you serve? No, I, I drank actually. Oh, um, I see. So yeah, check me out. I'm an I'm an Instagram megastar right now. I'm actually on track to uh, to hit four thousand followers by the end of the year. Yes, Queen. Yeah, just, I've just passed three thousand nine hundred. So. You better work. Add my add my target four thousand, which I'm probably gonna do. <laughs> Great. Uh, and one last one here. Speaking of Instagram, is from Kevin, who said, "Luke, thank you for sharing your wife's poem on Instagram." As a lot of family members went through this situation, including my mum, twice before I was born. A reminder that through the hardships, there are beautiful things to hold on to, support each other. Much love. Thank you very much. And it's, it's a lovely message. I wasn't sure whether I was going to share it yesterday, and um, it's still. 
the wound is still fresh um but yes but thank you very much i'm glad that you enjoyed it and uh my wife's poetry is very very good it is very good i agree on that from uh so thank you all so much that is the last of our ultra chats and if i end this poll now we should be able to no it stopped it ended done i was about to say we could have done the, the fun internet thing that people like to do which is what which I could have said that it was 69. Nice. Oh, uh, was it not? It wasn't. It was ended at 68% thumbs up, mid-27. To be honest, that 68 thumbs up is higher than I thought. Me too. Me I'm too. I'm really, really surprised at that. So, uh, someone said, cooking is lit. Fire emoji. <laughs> that does sound like a text that I would send, in fairness. <laughs> Thank you all so much for watching the show. Myself and Dan are back tomorrow with the Raw Review. Please do check out our sponsor, Geology, and get yourself 70% off your trial set using our link and promo code WRESTLE70. Can not recommend Geology enough, so go and check them out. We'll see you tomorrow for the Raw Review, and then myself and Ollie Dave will be back on Thursday with the Dynamite Review with that Battle Royal. Quite a lot advertised for Raw this week as well. Two big shows this week. It's yeah. the season premiere. Oh, Raw this week. So what could got, happen? Um, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. We have. We have got Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso versus the Judgment Day. We change. Gunther and Bronson Reed. And we have. Uh, there's one more. No, I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, I've got. I've not. I don't no, uh, there is something else advertised. As well, I can't it's a fourth. It. It's a fourth like match. There is a fourth match. It's a fourth announced. match. I mean, like, like SmackDown had a hell of a show this week. Hey, so, Nick Aldis. As, yeah, as a you know, as a season premiere. Finally, we've got defined roles. For, oh, uh, for, uh, for... what a week for authority figures it was. I was thrilled about it. Um, there we go. What do you got? Ricochet and Nakamura in a false count anywhere match. There it is. That's what we've got. That is. I love an authority figure. Yep. Just as forgettable. Uh, I'll forget that I'll be on the card until the show tomorrow again. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. I've been Luke Owen, DAD. That has been the Professor of the Truth. Your jam that champion, Dan Layton. Jam that jam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps to Detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.